0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Relentless Youth Ministry Methods podcast. We chose the name Relentless because of its focus on a constant pursuit of, first and foremost, our relationship with God, and second, the sacrifice it takes to see any ministry grow and be sustainable. When God gives us a vision, we must be relentless in our obedience and dedication to see it come to pass. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and check us out. We pray that you find something encouraging and helpful while you're here. And now it's time for this week's episode. Welcome, everyone, to Relentless Youth Ministry Methods Podcast. We are back this week, and we're so excited to um, introduce a new member, a part of our team. And uh, Ben Rodriguez here, as well as... James Wilson. All right. Um, So, yeah, we're back, we're here, and we're excited to uh, introduce a new individual that's a part of the team. Awesome individual. I've known her... For four to five years and she has experience in youth ministry as well as youth, youth development and we're gonna have a little fun today just kind of asking some questions getting to know her better and uh, we're gonna jump right into it so um Sesha Sesha Barnhart how are you doing today
1: I'm doing great you know it's Sunday in quarantine not going crazy so you know yeah. I could be complaining about something but I'm not it's all good
0: Good, good. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, for sure. I think we all could be complaining through this through this quarantine. Actually, the truth of it is, um, I'm old because I'm 32. James, don't say nothing. <laughs> um, but I feel old, and um, I'm actually enjoying the quarantine. It's probably been the best four weeks of my life, no lie. No lie. James, do you have something?
2: Well, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of old. Um, Uh, you know, I, you know, not to over-spiritualize it, but I really think there's something behind this that God's trying to teach us all. Um, and yeah, it isn't fun, uh, completely, but you know, I don't know about you guys, but I've kind of done some self-reflection. I've gotten to lean into my family a little bit more than I've been able to. And, uh, and yeah, just take a breath. And, you know, I think everybody's ready to, uh, get back to normal. I don't know if normal's coming back, but to some sense of normality. And we should mention where Sasha is coming to us from. She's all the way in. Tell us, Sasha.
1: Jacksonville, Florida. Oh,
2: man. What's the weather like there today?
1: Uh, the high today was 91.
2: Good so Lord. Wow. It's been
1: pretty hot here for the last like couple of months, actually. It's been very hot here. It, it, like in March, it was scorching. But no complaints, though. I'll, I'll take 91 over snow.
2: Gotcha. It was 84 here in Virginia today. So we're not too I'll far behind it. you guys. Yeah.
0: It was, uh, I'm in Ohio. Um, <laughs> I was, it hit the 80s yesterday. But yeah, I, I think you guys both know I hate the heat. So anything over 75, I can't stand. And I know I'm definitely in the minority. Um, but cool. it's so good to have you a part um, of our team. And we're going to get right into the first question. Um, the first question is what's your go to order? At your favorite hometown restaurant,
1: my go-to order, being from Cleveland, is definitely uh, hitting up B and M or Kim's Wings for a Polish boy. Uh, a Polish boy is a Polish sausage, but well, this is the cool thing about the Polish Polish sausage. I feel like you've been um, is that <laughs> you know usually I guess people boil them, but they actually fry this one and then they put it on a hot dog bun. And then they add coleslaw and fries with barbecue sauce. And it's like the best thing ever. And then my second go-to, which is, it's almost a tie, is going to Mr. Heroes for an eight-inch Roman burger combo. It's like, oh, oh, just thinking about it. Just, ooh, it's so good. Um, but the be- I think the best thing about the Roman burger, the combo is the waffle fries and the cheese sauce that goes with the fries for sure. But it's hard to choose between the two.
0: Wow. Wow, okay, that yeah, that burger. Um I My think that,
2: watering.
1: Yeah
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I was not expecting that. By the way, referring to Seisha's comment feeling like me, um, when I first met her, I guess Mexicans have a difficulty uh pronunciation pronunciating uh the SH after a sharp S. And so Seisha is the way that I say <laughs> her name. And um and I just kind of resorted to Shea. But cool, those those are definitely things I'm going to have to try in Cleveland. I love Cleveland. I go there a lot. I'm a huge Cleveland Indians fan, and I've never heard of either one of those. So I feel a little on the outside, definitely. Um, okay, so next question. What do you wish you had known when you started out? And it doesn't have to be um, anything deep, but I guess let's start with when you started out from your transition from high school to college?
1: Uh, I would definitely say, um, pretty much learning and I guess even possibly expecting, uh, if I would have known ahead of time that I wouldn't have been as close with the people that I had grew up with, um, elementary, middle, and high school. Um, for various reasons, but one main reason being with most of us going to different colleges, uh, some in state, some out of state. Um, uh, but people who I would, who I was very, very close with, um, you know, just kind of losing, losing connection with them because, you know, life happens. Uh, if I would have known that I probably would have cherished the last few times that we hung out together a bit more. Um, you know, I read something, um, uh, read like someone, a tweet or some something and someone mentioned it's kind of crazy how when you're a kid you don't realize the last time like it's your last time playing with one of your friends until like it never happens again. So that's definitely uh one thing that I wish I would have known ahead of time.
0: I said we weren't going deep like that <laughs> that <laughs> sorry last, sorry <laughs> that last statement was just so deep. Like this is the last as a kid you don't realize it's the last time. James, do you have any any
2: thoughts on well I, I want Sasha to tell everybody so she grew up in Cleveland, right? And you went to college, go through that for us.
1: So, born and raised in the best place that you could possibly be from, Cleveland, (laughs) Ohio. Uh, And I actually went to college in Dayton, Ohio, uh, at Wright State University for two years, and then I finished up at uh, the University of Akron. And then, yeah, now I'm here. Cool. In good old Jacksonville, sunny Jacksonville.
0: Jacksonville, Florida. Um, Are you a Jaguars fan, by any chance, at all?
1: Um, uh, So, for the sake of this and for business reasons, I love the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) I'm actually, uh, the funny thing is, they're actually coming to my job tomorrow, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, to actually do a drop-off of a ton of different, like, sports equipment and things like that, for us to be able to pass out to um, kids throughout the community of Duval County, for them to have something to do during during quarantine so i'm a huge jacksonville jaguars fan
0: wow wow but the browns, to...
1: is, browns is number one
0: <laughs> the browns i don't think the browns have been number one in anything but definitely oh. definitely
2: in your heart okay cool <laughs> so um, we have to ask her because she's from cleveland do you know why they're named the browns
1: yeah after jim brown
2: not jim brown Although <laughs> Jim Brown is probably one of the greatest running backs of all time. It's
1: not after Jim Brown? Oh, gosh, who was it
0: after?
2: After Paul Brown, who started oh. what team? The, the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals yeah.
0: Thank Seriously? You. Yes. Yeah, that's why the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium is called Paul Brown Stadium.
1: W- wasn't the, the Cleveland Browns in another city at one point?
2: No. No, but, they, they're they oh. original. Oh. Anywho, I just had to throw that out there.
1: I thought it was after Jim Brown. <laughs>
2: We we love both Browns. We love yeah, him and indeed. Paul, but Paul was yeah. Anyhow, back to <laughs> <the> <laughs> podcast.
0: Thanks for the nugget. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the for the information. Um, cool. So, I think yeah, to James, James's uh, point um, regarding what you were talking about, things you wish we would have known. I think we've definitely all been in the position where there are relationships that we wish we would have cultivated maybe a little bit more or just been more, um, intentional, intentional lot. Okay. So what's something you failed at? What is some something you have failed at?
1: Oh goodness. So one thing for sure, I would say, uh, an area for improvement in my life would be. <laughs>
0: wait, wait. I, I like that you used the area of improvement. I love it. Okay. Go ahead.
1: It works. It works a little bit better for me than just flat out saying I fail. But
0: <laughs> okay. uh,
1: technically, uh, an area of improvement would definitely have to be being intentional about reaching out to uh, people, whether it be friends or family members, um, just people I'm close to, and even people who I, you know, who I may not be as close with, especially uh, with everything going on with COVID-19. In um, a time like this, there's nothing but time to actually reach out to people. So, being intentional, uh, my text messages literally show I have 122 unread text messages. So, I could be intentional about responding to people also. But uh, that's definitely definitely an area where I have not succeeded in, but I am working to try to improve.
0: So, if you are one of Stacia's friends or acquaintances and text her for a ride because you couldn't get home from work two days ago, Or you can get to the grocery store or whatever it may be. Sasha, it is your fault that they're still stuck there. Yeah, it's definitely my fault.
1: (laughs) It's definitely my fault. I'll take the blame.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. So next question is going to kind of lead us into, um, again, getting to know you a little bit more. Um, But what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about?
1: Well, that's good. So are we on a serious tip or just... Well, I'll, um, I'll throw my one thing out first. I'm very passionate about food. Uh, food, eating is like my favorite pastime. Might be my favorite pastime. But on a serious note, I would say one thing, um, I think one thing that I'm definitely passionate about is um, like youth, kids overall. I mean, some people classify youth as a certain age group. So I, I'll just say kids as a whole Um just because I kind of know, I mean, I was a kid once a teenager, all that. Um, but I feel like I can relate to a lot of youth, um, because of my experience of, um, working with them. Um, but in particular, in particular, um, my heart, uh, there's a special place in my heart for, uh, like inner city youth, uh, at risk youth, or what we call here in Jacksonville, we call them at hope youth. um, definitely very very passionate about them at one point um sports was something that i was very passionate about and it's still something that i care about so even being able to incorporate uh, sports uh with youth is something that is near and dear to my heart as well as traveling is something i enjoy doing so incorporating travel and youth into one so that they can get um exposure and full experiences are all things that really bring joy when i get to actually see it um kind of life
2: so let me ask you do do you remember uh maybe from when you were younger it could be teenage it could even be younger than that maybe some specific instance when uh maybe somebody made a difference in your life because they had a similar passion that you have you know yeah a school teacher it could be a coach it could be a teacher at school
1: yeah for sure um so, um, oftentimes I, I give tours t- uh, for my job to like multimillionaires. So like very, very frequently. Um, and oftentimes people ask me that very same question, like what, how did you get here? Like what, you know, sparked your interest, what sparked your passion? Um, and I always, um, let everyone know that it's really something from my family. Um, I come from a family of educators, uh, my mom, she works in higher education, um, She's been working in higher education since before I was born. Um, And then my grandparents uh, were teachers for over 40 years and then they substitute taught for like an additional, I think, 10 to 12 years after that. Um, So especially for my grandparents, um, I remember going over their house sometimes and whether it be summer or during the school year and they would have kids over their house and I would just be like, what is going on? Why are these kids here? And it would be them just, you know, kind of taking them from their from their current situation and from their environment um, for them to be able to experience something new. Um, Even with them being teachers, my grandfather was also the athletic director for the school that they worked at. So there will be plenty of uh, late nights, early mornings, early mornings, getting into school to teach. But then also late nights because he's making sure that he's at every single sporting event, um, making sure the kids have whatever that they needed, making sure that they got home safely. Uh, Same thing for my grandmother. Uh, My other grandmother, she was a school secretary um, and she worked solely with uh, like K through eight. So even seeing her um, and being younger and hearing the stories um, of how she was able to help so many kids. I think it was just something that was truly embedded in me at a young age, and it kind of just stuck just from seeing what they were doing.
0: Cool. Yeah, that segues right into um next question. Before you get there, there real quick, um, you had mentioned you currently live in Jacksonville, Florida. How long have you lived there now?
1: We have lived in Jacksonville since February 2017, so three years now. Wow, that's crazy. Three years. Over yeah. three years.
0: yeah um th- <laughs> time flies.
1: That's crazy. Three years, over three years now.
0: So, segueing into that life experience, um, and segueing fr- from 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 that, have you? How long? Um, I know right now you're in youth development, but I also know you spent some time in youth ministry. How long did you spend in youth ministry in any capacity?
1: Um. So back home in Cleveland um I was actually like a part of the youth ministry um the organization that I grew up in the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World aka the PAW uh you were a part of the youth ministry until you're like 35 I think there's been some adjustments now um <laughs> however working with certain people I was able to actually take on leadership roles um at a young age um especially uh, my cousin at one point was like uh, pretty much like our youth president or youth pastor Uh, so she definitely instilled in me to take on some leadership roles Um, and that started when I was like 12 or 13 Um, and then um, naturally when I moved to Cincinnati being able to assist uh, at the former First Apostolic Church with Pulse and then also um, here in Jacksonville I haven't had haven't had as much interactions as far as like leading the youth. Um, but I was actually doing some things with like children children's ministry, um, and a few things with the youth, but more so incorporating my job with my with my church, which kind of worked out. So yeah, it's been uh quite a few years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um And 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 that's why I definitely ask the question in in any capacity. So that we're going to get now to what you do presently. What do you do presently? What is your um, official title? Um, Tell us that.
1: I am the director of teen programs for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Northeast Florida. Um, I started with the Boys and Girls Club. Actually, I went in for a part-time position just to do something, uh, and they let me know that I was overqualified and they had me come in to speak with some people about a full-time position as a program director at their headquarters location, um, and I was able to do that. And uh, honestly, being there, I've I've had a lot of great success while being there. Starting as a program director, literally like three months in, my boss asked me to take over his position, uh, but I turned it down quite a few times, and then eventually ended up taking his position and became a unit director at our at our headquarters location. And then we just recently uh, remodeled and redid um, uh, one of our old facilities that, were closed da- that was closed down and is now a state-of-the-art teen center. Uh, the only teen center in the city of Jacksonville is literally people from all over the country come to view this facility. Um, and I was actually asked by the CEO to uh, move over to that location to actually start the team, be the director of teen programs to get everything going for Um, the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and also for the city of Jacksonville as a whole.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, And that's, and just to let everyone know, that's the insight that we're hoping to bring um, to this, because I know there's a lot of partnership with youth ministry and youth development, and there can be. Um, And there's a lot of opportunities there that I don't know if many of us, um, maybe those who listen to the podcast, maybe have heard of or know of. um, But that's something we're going to delve in deeper as we as we continue on. James, did you have um, anything?
2: Oh, wow. Uh, I think that's cool. First off, uh, I didn't know that part of uh, Seisha's story. How much do you think—let me ask you this. Let me think of how to phrase this question. Um, first off, I believe wholeheartedly that God placed you right there in that position. And, you know, it, people debate this you know, I'm not into labels. Some people like the secular and sacred label. I don't believe anything. I think anything you do for God is sacred, whether it's in the church or in the workplace. And so how, how do you marry your faith with what you do? It's a pretty easy, simple question, Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? How do you, I mean, to me, it seems faith driven.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say one thing that has definitely been Uh, a huge help as far as keeping my faith like number one and not having to compromise like my faith for literally anything um the ceo of my job he's a believer um naturally the boys and girls club is not a faith-based organization but he is a believer and because of that it's he's let literally his entire uh, staff know that your faith is one thing that he'll never let be compromised. So it makes it very easy for me to go into work day in and day out and incorporate faith-based things, whether it be me just offering words of encouragement to uh, my team or to the youth that I'm involved with or people from throughout the community. Uh, Another thing I feel that has helped is because of um, our CEO being a believer, um, I've been able to actually incorporate and work with so many uh, ministries to actually bring them in to kind of bridge that gap Gap between faith and, well, I guess the secular world and the sacred world, which naturally helps me, uh, because then I know that uh, I have people coming in, in the building, and they're praying over uh, the same things that I'm praying over, and it makes it a lot easier, Uh, but then also, I would say building relationships with uh, the kids and their parents makes it a lot easier for me to discuss certain things with uh, with the youth uh, that, I guess, is technically faith-driven, um because the parents entrust me with their kids and they know that I'm going to look out for their best interest at heart whether it be literally in the sacred world or in uh the secular world.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I I love that question. Um because that's that's I think something I think many of us um think about. How do you marry the two? Um mm-hmm. and there may be other people listening to this who their jobs they may be bivocational youth pastors. Um and their jobs is working with a Boys and Girls Club or a YMCA. Um, and so so thank you. Thank you for that, James. Um, Sasha, so you've lived there for three and a half or three years, several months. Um, and uh, let me ask you this. What's the best thing about what you do? And to you, what is the best thing about youth development slash um, youth ministry?
1: Um I would say well I guess one thing that I always say is the reason why I'm here is to be able to um to create well-rounded individuals and to expose my kids to as many options as possible um and to as many things as possible. Um uh, so that's I mean that's really the reason why i get up and go every day is to me it's like the best thing because if i don't do it then no one else will so if i don't expose them no one else will expose them if i don't um, help them become well-rounded and become uh, the best possible people citizens all of that that they could possibly be there's not going to be anyone else that does it
0: okay what was was
1: the second part
0: um no that was that was that was really the question but i do have a second question to follow it up with Mm -hmm. um and that it's kind of, I guess, going backwards a little bit. But then, James, you could even maybe uh, put some input on this one. But do you think there is a difference between youth ministry and youth development? Ooh,
1: uh, I think probably a, a few years ago, I didn't necessarily um, view like youth development as a form of youth ministry. Um, and I would say probably when I lived in Ohio, I didn't really have that mindset. Like, oh, no, this is just youth development. Like, I just happened to work with youth and, yeah, that that's something completely separate. Um, and at that time, I was working for a faith-based organization and I still thought it was just something completely separate. But I think uh, in my wiser years, as I have gotten a little bit older and um, have just realized things from a different perspective, uh, they it's literally the same thing. It's 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 a form of outreach in my opinion um we're we're outside of the physical four walls of the church but everything that uh for me everything that we do um, at my church I I'm able to do at my job um so with that youth development and youth ministry go hand in hand um to me I don't think that there's a major difference
2: okay James what what do you
0: what do you think on that
2: uh I you know I I, I kind of Uh, mentioned it earlier. I, I used to use those two terms exclusively. Uh, Is that the right term or separately sacred and uh, secular? And I really think those are like labels that we need to eliminate because anything you do for God as a believer, whether you're a business person uh, you're in youth development, it's sacred. Uh, If you're in childcare, it's sacred, you know, uh, I just believe that. So, I and I think that you take because you know, we're spirit filled believers, we believe that we take him everywhere we go. And so, uh, where we go, that's going to influence whether we're serving a burger at a fast food joint or you know, something even more serious in terms of you know, uh, youth development. So, no, I I think that's like I said earlier, I, I really believe with everything in me that God plucked you out to put you there for a reason. While you may not be preaching a message every day in terms of opening a book and you're preaching a message with the way you handle your job and the way you deal with people. So God bless you, Sasha. That's, that's incredible. That's exciting.
1: It's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I think they, and I have found, um, I've, I've been blessed to do a little bit of both. I have found that, um, in places, uh, that, that we would consider youth development like boys and girls clubs and ymca and ymca is faith-based but as you said the boys and girls club isn't and um i i did a little volunteering with the boys and girls club uh, for a little bit but i have found to james's point that you know when you have conflicts with your with your teens or your kids and you're finding solutions for the conflict that there may be that there may be that may be happening between two teenagers or two kids the principles you're teaching them are biblical, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you may not be using a scripture or you may not be, you know, um, well, you know, ask, well, what would Jesus do? Or, or, you know, or or mentioning Jesus. But I have found many times in my head as I'm handling the situation and what have you, you're applying biblical principles. And so, yeah, I think in a lot of ways um, it connects. And I think when we talked about this before, James, before about ministry, it's the same in, in, in youth development. Um, no one's gonna know how much care how much you know until they know how much you care mm-hmm. and it's showing them that that you love them building that relationship to the point to where now uh, you have an opportunity to teach uh, you have an opportunity to minister or the opportunity and/ or the opportunity to develop. So we got another question for you. Um, You already mentioned kind of the best thing about it to you. What is the worst thing about youth development to you? Um,
1: (laughs) So probably two things. One thing about youth development that is not always the funnest uh, are the crazy hours. Because it's not a traditional... Uh, like a traditional desk job, number one, but it's certainly not um, like your normal nine to five, Uh, whether it be because, you know, we, for me, I operate in an school capacity, but I still go into work early in the morning, like everyone else, like people who work at a bank. Um, But oftentimes I don't leave until uh, late. We close at seven, but there are times where I don't get home until 10 or 11 o'clock, whether it be because I'm staying late uh, in my office to actually work on some things, uh, because I didn't have time to when the kids were there because I was interacting with them. Or maybe um, a, a a kid has reached out to me and let me know that they have a basketball game and their family members can't come. Then I'm going to make sure that I get to that basketball game to show support. Um, or maybe uh, I do get home at 7.30 and a kid calls me and they're having some problems at home or maybe they don't have food at home. I'm going to make sure that I find uh, the means and with our resources to actually get them w- you know, what it is that they need, which may uh, result in me having to leave from home and go out late at night. And they may be calling me at 10 o'clock at night because it's something uh, that they that they really need. Um, So the I guess I would say it's not the absolute worst thing, but sometimes you like to have consistency. Uh, But then on the I guess it's kind of bittersweet because on the other end, it's actually cool to me that every day is not the same, that it's not something that's predictable. Um, then I would say probably for me, the second worst thing, but this is probably will really be my first is that I can't fix every kid's problem that I come in contact with. Um, you know, it's very easy to take home the stress of work in any, in any capacity, in any job that you do, but because I'm so passionate about what I do and who I work with, um, to hear some of their stories and some of the things that they're going through um, and me knowing that I don't necessarily have a solution yet, or there's nothing that I can really do. um, It's out of my control and to have to go home day after day and see them day after day and know that I can't, you know, actually fix it myself. That is definitely uh, something that weighs on you very, very heavy and it becomes taunting at times. Um, So I would say that would definitely be probably my number one uh, least favorite thing about youth development, not necessarily because I have to deal with it, but more so because I can't fix it. And I, I'm i a solutions-oriented person, so I want to come up with a solution and fix it immediately, but a lot of times you don't have the capacity to do so. The best thing to do is just to let them know that you're there, continue to build relationships with them, and remain consi- as consistent as possible in their lives, in my opinion.
0: Yeah,
2: James, uh, uh, do you have anything to add Wow. Sounds like youth ministry. Sounds like ministry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's, I mean, it's, you're spot on. It's anytime you're in the people business, right? Come on. Our go-to is wanting to fix. Yeah. And and we can't, we can't, and that's the tough one. We can't, but that's also where our you know, what we think is our Achilles heel, Achilles, whatever, you know, is really our opportunity to say, God, I can't fix this one. Yeah. I'm going to need your help. And, you know, even in that field, God, I can't, like, you know, we have, I have friends that are in the education system. And man, you talk about a broken system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, but they, they go and they carry, you know, they carry him with them there. And there are times where, are like, "Hey, can you pray for this yeah. kid?" We can't fix this one. I can't. I need. I need help here. So, I can, yeah, I,
0: I yeah, I, I agree um, with you on that one, so I Something I used to say all the time on Wednesday nights, um, uh, where Mickey and I recently were um, youth pastoring, and that was, I, c- "I can't make you do anything, and I don't want to make you do anything." But, and what I was telling them that for you know, was reminding them, you know, um, any advice we give or any encouragement we give or, or any, um, tools we would give them for success, they have to make a decision to do it for it to actually come to pass. And th- and there are times where I would tell them, I wish I could make you do something when you right. go back to fixing <laughs> things, right? Because you know that if they would, if there's certain things they would just do, it would fix some things. And, and the advice that, that, that you, um, that you would give them, but James, you, you said something that was powerful and reminded me of a message I was listening to, I think it was yesterday, and it was a message entitled, The Power of the Unknown, and the premise basically was recognizing um, that power that resides um, when you don't know, mm-hmm. when you have to say, I, I when you have to, when you, and I think, as Sasha said, a solutions-oriented person, I think most leaders in most I would say leaders, and of course, we're all coming from a youth ministry perspective or even a ministry perspective, are solutions oriented. And that's probably one of the hardest parts, especially when it comes to a relationship with God, is recognizing how insufficient we are and recognizing the power in that insufficiency. Uh, And it brings to mind the scripture uh, in um, James, remind me because I'm going to butcher it uh, in my weakness.
2: Oh, he's made strong in our weakness. Uh, right. He, right. You, know, you know, and I was going to, you know, just to tag on to that, you know, it drives us always back to what faith. Without faith, yeah. it is impossible to please go. Why? Right. Because without, we, you got to have faith to take the next step when you can't see. Right. You have to have faith to let people go into the grace of God and say, Lord, I, I can't, you know. And as fixers, you know, I, I I'm not as oriented that way. My wife is because she's like you. She's she's a detail oriented executive, mm-hmm. and 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 it's hard to say, okay, God, I just got to let this go. And uh, but that also takes the pressure off of us to stop being God, That's and, true. and uh, to to just allow Him to do what He wants to do, and also to allow people, you know, without faith too. If this starts with faith you know a walk with god we we've all probably told young people before you know you have to take the first step you take the first step god though I, i'll tell you he's running he's going to take 20 if you just take half a step he'll take 25 you know and that's it, it goes back to that faith thing so yeah you know
0: definitely true awesome so um th- that was the last question i had and um i think i think it definitely Has helped us to understand who you are, definitely for our listeners. James, go ahead.
2: I have one more question for Stacia. Go ahead. So, and and I don't. I mean, this this is different for everybody. But can you maybe tell us just as we close up here? You know, when for you was it like you really made a commitment to God? You know, uh, for me, I can tell you. I mean, I I you know, it wasn't honestly when I was baptized. And it even wasn't the first time I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, but I can remember a a specific place I was. There wasn't even a message where I got serious and God. I said, "God, whatever you want me to do, can you? Is it? Would you be comfortable in sharing that with us? Maybe."
1: Um. So I think that uh, personally, I think that there may be different stages that you kind of go through where you like feel like I I really like let God lead my life and do you know have total control over it um and I definitely definitely felt um that way when I first got married so I was like 22 getting ready to turn 23 getting ready to turn 23 um and at that time um because I wanted him to literally lead my marriage and uh At that time, I felt that that was one of the best times for me uh, spiritually uh, where I let him have total control over my life for many, many years. Uh, I will say from 22 to now being uh, 27, um, I would say the most recent time, I I feel like it changed Like the things that I I guess the way that I wanted him to lead my life, uh, my marriage and things like that slightly changed. Um, because at the time when I was twenty two I didn't really have a career. Um and I, I was involved in, in youth development, but not to the caliber that I am now. Um and one thing uh, I think especially this last probably the last year, um I really just wanted to him to wanted God to like really lead my life as much as possible, um, especially in the capacity that I work in, because uh one thing that I've learned about the kids that I work with, um they like to be around people that they can relate to and people that they can look up to. So if I keep all biblical principles at the forefront of everything that I do, then it's going to be more likely for them to actually want to live the, a similar lifestyle that I'm living based upon what I do. Um, if God is leading that. So I think, uh, I would say probably within the last year has been the most recent time that, um, where God has really been the most prevalent in helping, helping me with my walk. Um, but I don't think that I personally am to the point where it's just like, man, like, yeah, he is every, every, every single step. I know that he's there. Uh, naturally I have my days when I'm just like, man, God, I, I don't even know if, if you're hearing what I'm, what I'm, uh, what I'm praying to you about. I don't know if you're, if you're, if you're going to show up, maybe you will, maybe you won't, maybe I've ran out of blessings. Um, but I will say that it's something that you know, I'm striving for day in and day out. Um, and I just like to be, I don't, I guess even with my faith, slightly realistic compared to just being, you know, saying that, oh yeah, when I was in 2012, that was the time where God really, he, you know, he changed my entire life and I've been doing great ever since. Uh, no, that's not, that's not, that's not my testimony, at least not at this present time, but who knows, it could possibly be, possibly be that at some point.
2: Cool. Thank you. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I I don't know Stacia. So I wanna I wanted to get to know, but that's 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 called authenticity. So thank you for that answer because God is moving in so many unique ways, but that's cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah, no. I love it. Um I, I think it's as a very, very transparent question. And you got me thinking, James. You got me thinking about like, huh, when Yeah, I, he caught me off guard. Yeah, and right. I think right. for I, like, Whoa. I think for me, and you didn't even ask me, James, I'm just talking now. I think for me it it's it it's something that happens continuously. Um you know, there are moments where I come to that place, you know. And if I had to answer a question of um, and I'll take shasha's uh standpoint of um you know not wanting to use the word failure but something I could improve on and and i and it's consistency consistency and I think honestly if if every Christian's honest with themselves <laughs> it it would be to to strive to be consistent um because I know even just amongst us three, there's been moments right where god has moved on us powerfully um and it's just staying staying in that place staying in that vein and that's a whole nother podcast that we will talk about um by the way Stacey, say so if you um didn't know that's actually our hashtag for this hashtag whole nother podcast because we say it a lot when we're talking cuz good good <laughs> stuff comes to our mind and we're like man that that's great that would be a great series that's great content um Soulful. so cool well thank you again um for being with us and for officially being a part of the team everyone you have officially met Sasha Barnhart and um, we're excited to have her a part of this and James started a tradition that I'm going to I'm going to put on his shoulders because he is, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone better than James Wilson when it comes to praying. Um, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm the kind of person that, you know, one thing I've had to learn getting totally off track here, but Hey, that's what podcasts are for. Right. Um, I'm the kind of person when I pray I've had to really work to, you know, not, not everybody's gonna, and Paul even says it actually, it's biblical. It's, it's, and this is what I mean. It's great to pray in the spirit, but, um, it's biblical where Paul says, you know, hey, you're going to be in an environment where that's what good is it for that person right. who doesn't understand it to do that? He does nothing but bring confusion. And, um, and what I mean by James being probably one of the greatest, uh, prayers that I know is his, he has just the right words to say. And, and don't get me wrong, I am not, I am definitely, um, a, a proponent of hey let let the lord lead you and let the spirit lead and what have you but it's also um i think good to to know where you're going as well and so we're going to end this with a prayer and james um i'm going to have you close this out
2: the prayer sure yeah, I'd be honored you know god we thank you uh for tonight i thank you for uh for Stasia Lord, for her sharing her story tonight and, and where, God, you've led her, Lord, and where you're leading her. And God, I pray for, uh, God, you'll just uh, use this podcast to touch someone's heart. I pray, Lord, that uh, somebody might be listening tonight going, you know, I'm not in ministry, but I've got this this passion for young people that maybe they listened just the right moment to realize that that line is not it is blurred between sacred and secular and god that anything we do for you is sacred and god we pray that someone will leave here with hope tonight pray god that you will uh, anoint this lord for for years to come god and we pray a blessing on stacia and justin god and that you'll be with them and we're going to give you all the glory in jesus name amen
0: amen amen so thank you guys for listening in Uh, we're excited to uh talk about um our new series coming up next week and we'll get more uh into that as we as we continue on this podcast we want to thank you again for listening in for your support for taking the time to listen we want to ask you guys to share it share it as much as you can if you know anyone in youth ministry if you know anyone just looking for a podcast just need some encouragement um share it share it with someone Thank you guys for being here and we will talk to you guys next week.